Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. All right, so you can pop open. There's a Bible in front of you. You can get it on your phone. I'll have it here on the screen. But we're going to jump right into uh, this book of Acts, and we're going to start right in the very beginning, Acts 1, 1, and and here's, uh, here's how it goes. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Luke is setting up a transition of times for us. He's Luke is the author of this book, and he's setting up this transition, this kind of uh, uh, times that we were in where Jesus was alive and moved on this earth and in this earthly ministry that he had to the time that after he died in his uh, post-resurrection, and he is now setting us up for the new season that we now live in, that they were moving into, that we are still a part of. And um, Luke wrote this book, and he says from the very beginning, he said, now I wrote another book the book of Luke yes the book of Luke you're with me yes and and in that book this is what he says in that very first verse there I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, till the day that he was, he resurrected from, from the, uh, the dead, overcame the, the grave, right? And then, and then he's, he goes on to say, and Jesus, um, from there, after he rose from the grave, he gave instructions and he gave his spirit and he appeared to many, just, you know, showing them, here's proof that I am still alive, right? Presenting himself, but, but he, fo- he focused on two things. He said this, he said, I want Luke's telling us right here, Jesus began to do and teach. He began to do and teach. And he gave these instructions and he gave his spirit. Why? Why did he give instructions? Why did he give his Holy Spirit? This is why. This is why. So that the apostles that were coming behind him and us today, that we could continue what Jesus began. Right there in verse one, Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken. And so what this is telling us is Jesus began to do and teach, but he never wrapped up the doing and the teaching, right? It was never like, and that's a wrap. Like mission complete. I did and I taught and that is now a thing of the past. He's telling us the way he's, this is worded and what we, we are picking up here is that it was never like Jesus was like, and we're finished here and our job is done, right? He never, he was never intending that. He never was like, okay, that was then. And now moving forward, here's the plan, guys. You're going to get together on a Sunday morning. You're going to have some good music. You're going to have some good coffee, uh, maybe some cinnamon crumble coffee cake on the menu. And you're just going to, you're going to just look back on history. You're just going to reflect back on the things that I once upon a time did. 
And you're just going to have regard for those things. And you're just going to kind of ponder them and talk about them and tell stories about them, right? No, no. He began and he taught and he gave instructions and his spirit that it would then continue on and on and on and on. That was the point of it. So that all that happened before Acts 1, well, that was just the beginning. It was just the beginning that was meant to continue. It was just the beginning that was meant to provide just a pathway for what we walk we would continue down. And so here's what I, I, I want. I want us to look at those previous stories. They were just, they were just context to set expectation for what would continue to happen in this season after Jesus rose from the dead. And so here's what I don't want us to do, guys. I do not want to read about the life of Jesus like that was completed. And that is all done. And that was for those good old days, right? I don't want to wrap up the earthly life of Jesus in our minds. Like after the gospels, after the cross, we just wrap that up, tie a neat bow on it and move on to the next, another version, another version, another story. And so God's intentions here, his plans here were that we would keep the story open in our day. This was just an opening of the story that would continue on in our day that, um, that Jesus is saying so, so clearly, I will, I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to give you instructions. I'm going to appear to you. I'm going to give you my spirit so that we can keep the story open in our life today. And that's what I want us to see. That's what I want to set our hearts and our minds on that. What we get to experience is just the things that Jesus began. That we get to experience what he began, the things that he did. And he said, well, they're happening around me too today. Like that is what I'm, le- I'm leaning, leaning into or that I am a continuation of the story. That this chapter, the chapter of my life right here, it makes total sense compared to the previous chapter, right? It's like one continuous story that all fits together. So I didn't ask Kevin if I can share this story. So I hope I can share this story. But when we were in, um, you can start shaking your head and I'll quickly, quickly pivot to another story. But, um, in grad school, Kevin and I were dating. Okay. We're good. And, um, we were in, we had this class. We had this, we met in the class and it was a grad class. It was a small class. And it was one of those classes where your whole grade is three papers, right? You have three papers, makes up your whole entire grade for the whole semester. So a lot high stakes on these three papers, right? High stakes. And, um, and so I get the syllabus. This is the type of student I am. I get the syllabus and I clearly write the dates in the planner of when these papers are due. And, uh, I steadily work, right? Like I know what's coming and I steadily work towards these papers. Well, um, we were really starting to date. Things were really starting to heat up around like the middle of this class. And, um, and I, again, I am, I'm doing it. I'm a rule follower. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, steadily working on the second paper, which is a third of my grade. And the night before the second paper is due, I'm, we're talking on the phone and I'm talking to Kevin and I'm like, how was your paper? And, um, Kevin goes, what paper? And I'm like, uh, the paper that is a third of your grade that is due tomorrow. And, um, he's like, oh, geez, like gotta go and <laughs> click. Um, and, uh, he had no idea that this paper was due. And I am thinking this poor guy, 
oh my goodness, he's going to cram all night. He's going to be writing and cramming. And, and I feel so bad for him. Like I'm picturing cups of coffee and pints of ice cream. And, um, and so the next day we turn the papers in and I'm like, oh, you're probably so tired. Like, how did it go? Like, are you feeling okay? I'm sure you're like pretty like bummed out right now about what just happened. And he was like, oh yeah, no problem. He's like, I took my first paper. I put a new title on it and I turned it in. What? You can do that? And I'm like, oh, you're sunk. Like you're going to get a, you know, you're going to fail that paper, whatever. Well, two weeks later we find out A minus B. B. I get the A. I'm working my tail off. And so, okay, guys, so that's smart, right? Like, let's just identify that's smart right there. And so, it's right. Okay. It's an economy of effort. So, okay. So, here's the point. Like, here's the point. Like, this is honestly, in my mind, I'm like, what? But this is like a picture of what God intended. Same body of work. Same body of work. Same writing. Same same storyline. Same everything. Same paragraph after paragraph. Just a new title. My Life 2021. Right? Take all that Jesus did. Let's just change the title. And let's just, here, here is the expectation. Right? Here is what God is looking for. Go ahead and just put a new title on it. And I'll accept it because that's what I'm actually looking for, right? That's what I am. That's what I want out of all of this. That take the the way Jesus lived, the things that He said, His His Spirit. Take it all. What He did and taught. And in fact, not just the New Testament, all the Bible. Go ahead, just take all from it. Take all of it, and and that's what God's looking for. Yep, just a new title on there. My life. 2021, in my context, in my setting, in my personality, in my shoes, that's it. And so what I want us to do right now is I want us to just take a moment and just reframe the context of our life and go, yeah, I am here to continue what Jesus began. I am here to continue what he taught and what he did. This is why, this is what, this is what I am here to do, that my life will not be totally a a different book. Right, God had started writing a love story, and it was this beautiful love story. You get the feel of it, and the and the the the, the characters, and you get like this theme, and then all of a sudden we hit Molly's chapter, and it's like an Agatha Christie model, right? Our book, right? Like, no, that's not what we're gonna do. We're gonna just keep that story going. And I know this. I know, guys, that there is something deep in the heart of humanity where we want to be connected to something big. Don't we? We want to be connected to a mission that is valuable, that is that matters, that makes an impact. I, I talk to, to to people, to friends, to neighbors, and I have this sense of people are just like, oh, I just really, I, I need more. There's got to be more, and, and this is it. This is the more. No, your life. We hook our lives up to this. We connect our lives to what Jesus began, and so. What I want to do to help us kind of get the context of this is I actually want to go back and look at what Luke meant when he was talking about what he wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And I want to look at his, his, his book, Luke, and I want us to just take some examples of all that Jesus began to do and teach. And as we look at a few examples, here's my prayer, that the Holy Spirit would begin highlighting to you in his creative ways just how this works out in your life in your context, in your home, in your workplace, and uh, for you to start to get a picture of that. And so what I did is I actually went back and um, read 
the book of Luke. And I read it all in one sitting. And, and here's what I would propose for some of you to do that this week, to go back and read the whole thing. Because um, I, I love how sometimes we need to break the scripture up into bite size so we can, we can, it's enough for our day, right? It's not like climbing a mountain one day. But every once in a while, it's so helpful to actually go back and read a whole book. Because you can, you can get this like, uh, view from 10,000 feet and you can get themes and you can get things that, a feel of things that you maybe have missed before. So I would encourage you as we are headed into Acts for some of you to say, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read Luke this week. And maybe you can't read it in one day, or maybe you, some of you are fast readers and you can, you could do it in one day. Um, but I would encourage you to go back and, and read that. But here's, I'm just going to pull up three things, three examples of what Jesus did and taught that I want to see us embody in our context. So here's the first thing. Here's the first thing that I see from the book of Luke is uh, one of the themes that just uh, the Holy Spirit highlighted was the kind of people that Jesus loved. The kind of people that he loved. And it was really surprising um, the 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 people, the, ta- the time that Jesus spent with people, the type of people that he spent time with. In fact, we know he was always getting in trouble for the type of people that he was spending time with, right? Like he picked the ones that were for, for in society's eyes and culture's eyes, they were powerless. They were powerless. They didn't have any power to, uh, to do anything for Jesus. They didn't have any power to make him more valuable, to make him matter more. To, they didn't add to his significance, right? Um, and isn't this the opposite of kind of what we do? And, and I do this too. Like if I'm with someone that um, has some influence or whatever, aren't we apt to take the selfie and post it? Like, look who I am with right now. You know, like, can you believe this? Look how important I am. But Jesus, he, he was always, with people who could do nothing for him, people that were lonely, people that were rejected by society, people who didn't, who were poor, people who um, were sick, the lepers, right? People who were overlooked in that day. And so here's the question. What about my life? How do, how can I continue what Jesus began and spend time with people who may be overlooked by society's standards or neighbors' standards or coworkers' standards? Um, how, how can I value people that may not have as much value to other people? And, um, I remember specifically this story. Um, there is a pastor of a vineyard in Ohio. His name is Rich Nathan. And he talked about how um, when he would walk into a room, he was always aware that he was like an elephant in, in the room. And an elephant like mean like big. Like he he came into a room and he um he was educated. He had a graduate degree. And so he realized that made him that gave him some elephant status. And he was he was a man. And that he had social skills, like he was pretty comfortable carrying on a conversation. And, um, he had, he had resource, you know, he wasn't like the wealthiest of wealthiest, but he had, he had resource compared to people. So he was, he was, he would talk about how he'd walk into a room as an elephant and he was aware of the fact that he carried power in these ways and that he also realized that there were mice in the room, right? And, and again, this is kind of an, uh, how we would maybe an internal sense of how we categorize ourselves or how, how people might be feeling. But there were mice, there were people that had less than him, le- less power, less confidence, less, um, maybe less self-awareness or, or less value. People that might be uh, intimidated. People that might just feel like, uh, you know what? I actually am coming into this room and I just really am insecure in this room, right? And so he was aware of that. When he came into a room, he was aware of as an elephant, you can step on mice. 
And I love that picture. It's always, it's always stuck with me. And as I come into a room, I think, how am I a little elephanty, right? Like, um, how might I, uh, again, in, in a setting, just feeling like and a lot of this was from my past. I had a twin sister. So I would walk into a room and I'm like, there is always someone to talk to me. Right. Like I'm not the person here that's worried about. So so I always could feel like, hey, I'm okay with myself in this room. But just thinking about thinking about who around me when I come into a room and there are other people in the room, how can I how can I lift people up? That's what Jesus did. Right. How can I make them feel seen? Make them feel valued, make them feel loved, make them feel more significant. And maybe you have a, a meeting this week, an in-person meeting this week at, at your workplace. And there you could just see, oh God, how, Holy Spirit, help me. How am I coming in with a little bit of elephant in this room? And again, maybe it's just I'm having a good day and there's someone that isn't, right? Maybe um, you guys, some of us, we have to do Zoom meetings, but did you know that there is a chat function that you can send someone a personal message? Yes. Like you could just tell someone, you know what? I like your hair. Guys, that goes a long way, doesn't it? Or is that a new shirt? It's like, I see you, right? That color looks good on you. It's, I see you. Can I just use a little bit of my elephant to lift you up? Maybe elephant is a bad. How about Holy Spirit? Can I use a little bit of the the value that God has given me? Can I give a little bit of that away? Because it is a real thing and it is transferable and it makes a difference. How many of you guys have had someone see you? How many of you have had someone take an interest in you or give you value? Man, it matters. It makes a difference. And so this is what Jesus, the kind of people that Jesus, I am aware that there are people around me, right? That, um, other people belittle. And so those are the people that I'm drawn to. Heidi Baker always talks about, she would go into a room and she would say, uh, the water flows to the lowest place in the room. Where's the lowest place in the room? Because that's where the presence of God is going to be. So we're in, the, we're in this room. It's the lowest place in this room that I could extend. I could extend grace. I could extend value. Maybe it's in your extended family. It's think bigger than just a workplace room. Maybe it's your extended family. Maybe it's your immediate family. Maybe it's a, a neighborhood group or a hobby group, something like that. Where can I put someone at ease? Where can I make them feel noticed? Because here's what we see about Jesus. He was so aware of the people around him and raising them up. And his whole thing was like, listen, in the kingdom, the least are the greatest. That is a common theme. And Jesus lived it. He saw, he saw them. Where can I do what Jesus did? Because I want to see the greatest. I want to see the greatness in the least. Just like Jesus did. So we're going to continue in that. What Jesus began, we continue. And we can just do it right in the context of our lives. Can we do that this week? Can we find a place? Maybe it's at school. I see Hannah, I do have people that you go to school with, people you work with, right? Let's raise them up. Okay. That's the first thing. We're going to continue Loving the way Jesus loved, people Jesus loved. Okay, second thing, what Jesus taught. We are going to teach what Jesus taught. And Jesus taught extensively, uh, if you read Luke again, extensively on the kingdom. Um, but I, I think it's fascinating. Of all the things that Jesus taught, there was one thing that the disciples actually asked Jesus to teach them. There was one thing that they were like, oh, wait, okay, yeah, we hear all messages all day long, guys. It was like sermonettes all day long, right? But there was one thing that they saw Jesus doing, that they experienced Jesus doing. And I think when they experienced Jesus talking to the Father, they could sense a shift. They could sense, whatever, you know, like that people talk about a shift in the atmosphere. They could sense something moving, something happening around them. And they were like, whatever that is, Jesus, teach me that. 
Like, I have to know that one thing. And this is in Luke 11. And I'm just going to read this. It says this one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. So they were watching him pray. They were observing him pray. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So he's giving them the content of the prayer, right? But this is what I think is so fascinating. We don't stop right there. If you go, if you keep reading immediately, he goes, tells a story and he tells a story um, on the tail end of that content. He says, um, there's a story about this guy and um, he has some visitors coming from out of town, doesn't know they're coming. He's not super prepared and he doesn't have anything to feed them. So what he does is he goes to the neighbor at midnight. He goes and he knocks on the neighbor's door and he is like, friend, I need bread, right? Like, give me something to feed my neighbors. And the friend is like, you're crazy. It's midnight. We're sleeping. Every, I just got the kids to sleep and we're all shut up in bed and everything's locked up and the lights are off and you know, the bread is in the freezer or whatever. And the, the friend, he says he actually ends up getting up and giving him the bread, overcoming all this hassle. Why? Not because the friends, but because of this, I love this. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, which is really important. Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need because of your shameless audacity. And so we got, again, guys, Jesus is teaching not so much the content, but the approach to prayer. And he's focusing us in on that. This is why you get an answer to prayer because of shameless audacity. And I love that word. It's only used one time in the Greek. And I kind of did some digging and the best I could come up with is what it's not. And it's not bashful. Right? It's, it's, that's it. That's all I could come up with. It's not bashful. You guys know uh, in Parks and Rec, there is a, there's a character. She's a kind of a spoiled daughter and she's like a young adult daughter and she has a wealthy dad. And every time she sees her dad, she goes up to him and she's like, you know, hi daddy, whatever. And then she puts out her hand and she goes, money please. Every time. Now Anna does, this is what Anna does with us now. Like anytime she, she literally, Puts out her hand, money, please. And I'm like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. But that's the, that's the whole picture of it. Like, hey, you shouldn't be asking for money. You're an adult child, but okay, you're asking, right? Like this is, it's shameless audacity. Who do you think you are to be asking that? But because you ask, I'll give it, right? Like shameless audacity. And he's not teaching them what to say, but he's like, listen, God wants to give, ask, this is what you need to know about prayer. This is the teaching behind prayer. What will you get bold enough to ask me for? What will you, well, you know, those, again, those places where it's like, you shouldn't be asking for that. Yeah, but I'm here and I'm asking. So here's the deal, guys. This is the really important part is I believe that we have to embrace the teaching. We have to experience the teaching of Jesus if we want to teach it to other people, right? So we're going to teach what Jesus taught. We're going to continue to teach what Jesus taught. But here's the deal. You can't teach what you have not experienced yourself, right? Kevin and I were um, running again. This is Kevin and dating Kevin and Molly dating story day, but we were running when we were dating and we would go on these runs and I'd been running for a long time and Kevin just started running with me. And after the first week, 
he started coaching me. Like we'd go for a run, he'd be like, you should do this and this, and like pump your arms and didn't you? And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I am the runner in this story, right? And I'm like, you can't teach me about running. You just started three days ago, right? Like, I'm sorry, that does not work, right? But yeah, like, so this is the point, guys. You, it has to be a part of your life. Like, no, I, I, I pray like this and I pray like this. And when I pray in with shameless audacity, God moves. I know that he gives when I ask and then people will start sensing, Oh, what something, something is different when you pray. I can think about Stacy in the back there when she prays for something. Don't your friends go something's different when Stacy prays, you know, because she has this audacity to like, I'm going to ask for this. I'm going to ask for it. And God wants to give. And so this is how I want us to approach it. I want us to begin approaching prayer with this shameless audacity guys, things I'm listening to people pray around me. I'm like, wow, that's gutsy. You're asking for that. You're asking for that to move. You're asking for the angels to come. You're asking for, uh, for healing again. I'm like, yes, yes. This is what, this is what we're, we're, we're supposed to continue guys. Let I love that prayer. Let your kingdom come. This version doesn't have it, but on earth as it is in heaven, that's a big ask. So where can we stand on our place on the earth and say, God, let your kingdom come. Let heaven, let the future of heaven come right here, right now. I want to see it. Money, please. <laughs> right? All right. So um, this week, guys, we're going to continue on what Jesus began teaching in our chapter. And we are going to pray shit with shameless audacity. We're going to pray. We're going to embody it so we can teach other people how to pray. All right. So not only did Jesus teach on the kingdom, but he demonstrated the kingdom. So these are the things that Jesus began to do and teach. He brought the reality of the kingdom of God close to people. He, he was demonstrating and not only did he teach on it, but he said, let me show you what it's like. Let me show you what happens when the kingdom of God came. He knew uh, God. He knew him beyond. It wasn't just theory. He knew that he could bring the impact of God to people's lives. And he did it over and over again. Read the book of Luke. You guys, it is so, so fun. One minute, someone is blind and the next minute they're not one minute. Uh, someone has, they are a leper. That is their identity. And the next minute they are a free man with a future and a hope. Right. And so, um, but here's the deal. As I was reading over and over these stories in Luke about healing and deliverance and freedom, I, f- I feel like I caught, again, the bullseye of healing and freedom to demonstrate the kingdom. The bullseye is this, that Jesus demonstrated a power greater than sickness. He demonstrated that there was a power, a power of God that was now present, that was actually stronger than the demonic power. And it's a simple concept. And for some reason, it just came back into focus in my mind that, um, that Jesus just knew, no, this, this, I know confidently this power is actually stronger than that. Like he, you know, this woman that has, she's bleeding for 12 years, 12 years, nothing, no, nothing can move it. No doctor, no nothing. And she just accessed the power of Jesus. Power goes out from him. And in an instant she's healed. Why? Because he's carrying a greater power than that sickness and the history of that thing. Same with every, every demonic, you know, my people would come to Jesus, Jesus, help my daughter, help my son. He's having seizures, you know, help. There's no one else I can help. Nothing else can work because the power of sickness has been greater up till this moment. And they encounter Jesus and they encounter a greater power. It's super simple guys. Let's just not make it more complicated than it is. This is what, what um, happened in Luke ten nine. Jesus said, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. 
It's near. Just reach out your hand for it. The kingdom of God, it's just more powerful than the sickness. And it's right here. It's right here. Uh, the 72, he sent the 72 out. They were just normal people, but Jesus sent them out. And it says this, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Like they experienced in that moment, there's a greater power. There's a greater power at work here. Um, Dwight, uh, do you mind coming up and just sharing a quick story? Dwight, um, uh, called in when we had the prophetic and healing, um, night here with zoom. Um, Dwight called in and I'm going to give you this one and, uh, Dwight, you had COVID and you can take that off. Sure. You're right here. Yeah. Anywhere. There you go. And in the lines, got to stay in the zone. And, um, and so you had COVID and pretty nasty and was really hanging on and you called in for healing prayer. And what happened when, when they prayed for you, the team prayed for you. Can you tell us what happened? Could I add something else? Yes. You know, I've, uh, I've learned in this church not to sit around here anonymously. I remember, uh, early on, um, uh, there was some prophecy. I'm sitting way in the back, hiding. And somebody's looking way back. And, well, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking this and that. And I can't even remember what it all was. And I'm, and then a few weeks ago, I'm sitting right over there. And somebody's saying to me, he's standing up here. And he's sharing his prophecy with me. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm comfortable just being anonymous around here. I don't need to, I don't need help. And, um, and, and then, uh, I talked to Nancy about because when when I'm on like uh, when I'm on the spot like that I can't even hear what they're saying, and so she she explained it to me. And do you know in both cases, these guys were right, and I'm like, wow! I you know, as soon as Nancy can explain it to me, these guys are right, and and so um, and that happens at the doctor's office too. Sometimes I have to take her and she tells me what's going on, um, and so I've learned not to be anonymous here there's many blessings here and um one night about four weeks ago i guess it was got on a zoom with uh roy um two others jeff i think jeff right yeah and so um i've been like sick with covid and and it wasn't that i had to go to the hospital or anything but just tired and fatigued and um Feeling a little depressed, too. I've never suffered from depression. I'm very grateful for that, but I was getting there. And so uh, they prayed for me. And um, do you know the very next day I felt better? And it wasn't that even I, I'm still recovering, but I felt encouraged. I felt um, the power of the Lord. And so... um, I'm just so grateful for that, and uh, I'm going to not sit in here anonymously. Do you know, um, for years, I'd go to church, not this church, but previous churches. I'd be content, you know, somewhere in the back, somewhere on the side, and it'd be prayer time, and and, uh, they'd offer prayer up front. And I'd, I'd feel the elbow of the Lord hit me in the side. It was Nancy. Go. Go up there. And no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't need to go up there. And uh, so um, a 
couple weeks ago when the young people were here from California, uh, I, I wanted to, I came up here and sat over here. Two people prayed for me. One guy touched his, his hand on my heart and said, because that's where the, the, the COVID got me. We didn't, I thought it was anxiety I had in this COVID. And so he touched my heart and he said, and I think he said in the name of the Lord, heal, heal this heart. And um, today was the first day I've sat in that, stood in that pew and stood up for the whole time for the worship. You know, I've been sitting there over there kind of feeling lightheaded and I'm feeling better. So I'm getting there and there's still a little ways to go. So thank you. We're going to actually just stop and pray because that was so good. That was so, so good, Dwight. Thank you so much. But I'm almost done with the sermon, but I just feel like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit just nudging. We're going to pray for um, the part of us that is content to sit in the back and watch. Um, we're just going to pray for that right now, guys, because I feel like that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to a new, this, this new uh, awareness and awakening to the fact that, um, that God, gave us a deposit of his spirit that we would be the church that we, that it's very personal and that, um, that God says, I call you by name that you're not anonymous in this place that you are not anonymous, that you, um, you matter, your gifting matters, your personality matters, your, your actually your past and your experience matters. And I just, I feel the Holy Spirit, um, the pastor part of me that says we need you to accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish for Jesus to get the glory that he deserves that, that we always talk about, like, you know, he's the, the reward of his suffering, the reward of Jesus' suffering is our city in this day. It is your family in this day. It is your workplace in this day. And I feel the Holy spirit saying, Let, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like I see you, you're not anonymous. So, um, God, that place of us, that, where the enemy is just like kind of hiding, keeping us hidden um, so that we would be quiet. This morning, I feel like God is removing that hand and he's saying, I see you. You're not anonymous. I see you. I've put a deposit in you. and It's going to bring you life. Amen. All right. Okay. So I just wanted to highlight what Dwight experienced was the power, greater power than, than COVID, than any, uh, you know, anything else in that moment. And this is what we get to continue guys. Is anyone excited about that? I am excited about that. I get excited that we get to continue to do what Jesus began to do and to teach. And so this is what I'm looking for this week, guys, that we just take one step. What is one step we can do to continue what Jesus began to do and teach? Is it loving someone? Is it praying? There's places that we get to stand in prayer and we get to get a boulder in our prayer. Or is it this place where we get to just go ahead and um, bring that power that is greater than the power of the enemy into a situation? What's one step? that we can take this week to continue what Jesus began to do and to teach. And so that is what I'm excited about. We're going to begin to hear more and more stories, guys, of these things that God is doing, how we're beginning, how we're continuing what Jesus began. And so we're going to start highlighting some of those stories. Um, next week, Kevin's going to dig into uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit as our power source for these things that, that he gave us. We're going to just continue to go after that. But why don't we stand up? And I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over our next step this week. 
and what God wants to do. Kevin's going to help with some ministry. So God, I thank you for the story that you've been writing since the beginning of time. I thank you that, um, that your good plans are unfolding. And I, I thank you for the vision of what Jesus began to do and to teach that you give us in the gospels and in, in all of scripture. And I thank you that you have a specific baton that you're handing to us in our leg of the race. I thank you for what's come before us. I thank you for what lies ahead. I thank you for the thrill of the race marked out for us. I thank you for this specific group of people in this time. I thank you for the week that lies ahead, that there is, there are just moments of opportunity all over it. There's moments of opportunity to walk with you, Jesus, to walk into places where we get to love like you love, the kind of people that you love, that we get to raise people up. I thank you that we get to pray prayers, uh, just the shameless audacity to ask you for, even for heaven, for the future to come into the present. I thank you that you have handed us, that you have given us power and authority over every lesser power, over the power of, of the enemy, over sickness, over depression, over despair, over death itself. So come on your church. God, here we are. Come on your church. We link our hearts to this mission. 